DiscerningHearts.com presents The Final Journey, Insights from a Catholic Deacon and Neurosurgeon with Dr. Stephen Doran. Dr. Doran is a board-certified neurosurgeon with over 25 years of experience and is also an ordained permanent deacon and serves as the bioethicist for the Archdiocese of Omaha. He is the author of To Die Well, a Catholic neurosurgeon's guide to the end of life, the book on which this series is based. His writings in bioethics, neurosurgery, and gene therapy for brain disorders have been widely published in national media outlets, academic journals, and neurosurgery textbooks. He is also the co-founder of Seeking Truth Catholic Bible Study, The Final Journey, Insights from a Catholic Deacon and Neurosurgeon with Dr. Stephen Doran. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. Steve, thank you once again for joining me. Thank you, Chris. It's my honor and my pleasure to be talking with you today. We promised in our last episode that we would discuss a a very important issue. It's a very practical matter when we're talking about dying well. And it's about having an advanced directive. It's a subject that I think people, they've heard about living wills. They've heard probably that. They probably don't understand all the dynamics. Tell us how important, from your perspective, having an advanced directive is. Well, I think it's important to to understand these various documents and what does it really mean? Because inevitably, if you go into the hospital, gosh, even if you go to your family doctor, they want to know, do you have an advanced directive? And many people do and many don't. And oftentimes, if individuals do have an advanced directive, I, I think they don't really understand the consequences of what they're putting together and what it really means. So an understanding of what an advanced directive is and what types of documents are included in an advanced directive is really important. And you will be asked if you have this at some point. And it's a good thing to think about. It's a good thing to have. We all might be in a situation where we're not able to make decisions regarding our health and our medical care on our own. We might become, you know, incapacitated and someone is deciding for you. And that's what these documents are meant to do is to help guide the healthcare providers in the decision-making process in the event you can't make your own decision. You know, keep in mind, if you're awake and talking and competent, it doesn't really matter what you wrote down. You're still the one making decisions. And you could say something contrary to what you wrote down in your advance directive. They're going to follow what you say. But so they're especially, though, important in the event that you can't communicate or in a position where you're incapacitated. So so yeah, advanced directives. With underneath of those things, there's two major things. There's the living will, which you mentioned, and then there's what's called the durable power of attorney for healthcare. Those are the two main documents that are in an advanced directive. Yeah, I didn't appreciate the importance of that durable power of attorney for healthcare, as you said, until my brother and I were dealing with issues concerning my mom. She was in her 80s. I've mentioned this before, but she had lost the ability to make decisions, or it seems she was kind of going back and forth in her ability to be clear. And so my brother and I had to finally undertake that step. And after she did pass, I came home and I talked to my husband, and we realized the importance of having that. Because as you point out in the book, there's a story of Anna, who is this woman who suffered at 
very unexpected death, an aneurysm, and such a poignant story. All of the stories are so poignant. But having that advanced directive helps in the particularly when the death is so unexpected and the patient just can't make that decision. Well, I think as these documents are especially important in those situations where you can't speak for yourself, what I think they're super important to, is that they start the conversation that to put together or ask somebody to be your a power of attorney or to put together a living will forces you, you can't put together this document unless you're contemplating what that really means. And so it makes us have the conversation, right? If you're going to ask somebody to be your power of attorney, you're going to have to explain to them why you want that. Well, I want this because I'm I'm looking at, at a time in a life, well, maybe I can't decide for myself. Oh, wow. Okay. What do you mean by that? You know? And so there, it hopefully becomes more than just, uh, you know, go to some website and create your own thing, which you can do, which is great. You can, you don't need spend a lot of money or any money to do these documents, but even more importantly, it drives the conversation. And so that, which then take that back even one more step. It means that if I, Steve Doran, I'm thinking about having advanced directive. It means I, Steve Dorn, like, okay, you know what, Steve, you are going to die. And now you really have to think about this. So if you just keep going back a, a further step from each of, each of these things, which then ultimately leads you to do a advanced directive, it pushes us to think about our own mortality. And then hopefully opens us up to even more things about what it means to, to die and the desire to die well, and hopefully the desire to live well. So it can be the entry point into this whole topic of what happens at the end of my life, not just in the legal sense, but hopefully in the spiritual sense. And having a conversation with someone you trust, it has to be somebody that, as you point out in the book, should be somebody that knows you well and also respects who you are and what your belief system is. Yes, that's critical. You have to make them aware and you, and you trust that they will especially in, in this particular case as a Catholic, what you would want, even if that's not something they would want as far as what would occur in the decision-making process, correct? Correct. And, and so I think as best you can to have someone who aligns their belief system so that they're not necessarily put in a situation where, well, I know that Chris McGregor's desires would be this, but I don't think I really agree with that, but now I'm put in this position, I have to affect that decision. Fortunately, that doesn't happen all that often. I mean, I think hopefully most people are thoughtful, but but then again, people's perspective changes. And so, you know, this isn't necessarily a single conversation either, right? That I think people feel a lot differently about the reality of death and dying when they are older. I mean, this is natural when we're, we're getting closer to our death and they take that conversation more seriously. And maybe some things have changed in their own perspective or their own faith life or whatever the case may be. So it shouldn't be just a singular conversation. But yeah, I think especially, especially saying, having someone who shares your faith and understands your own faith, shares your faith, I think that's the most important thing in all this. Part of it is being educated in your faith too. What does your faith <laughs> say about these particular things? And this is in Catholic Church, if I'm not mistaken, has a great respect for this portion of discernment for families is having this particular role of having that durable power of attorney. That would be, it's not an unobjectable device to have, correct? No, I think the church, gosh, at, at all levels respects our freedom, right? Respects our autonomy to the extent that 
we can make a wreck of our lives and the church lets us do it, but it welcomes us back. It always welcomes us back. So our freedom is always respected. And this area is no different. And so the church encourages people to think about this, encourages to respect your autonomy, but to your point, hopefully formed well, so that as you make these decisions, they're not capricious or arbitrary, that they're girded, undergirded by you know, some ethical moral system that allows you to move to a certain conclusion so that it makes sense to you yourself as you make these decisions and to the people who know you well that there's reason for this. It's not arbitrary. It's, it's girded in love of God and love of faith, love of our church. I think it's important, too, for us not just to make the assumption, I'm married to this person, and they're, of course, they're going to make all the decisions, or I'm the son or daughter of this person, so I'm going to be allowed to make all these decisions. That may not always be the case, that they have that type of authority, and so having that power of attorney, that durable power, as paper is just a, another safeguard, isn't it? It's helpful. I mean, there is kind of a hierarchy of things in the event that someone doesn't have an advanced directive. But what I see happen, not infrequently, is when it's the spouse, the spouse knows the person best, but they sometimes just need support from other people around them. So yeah, as a spouse, by de facto, I'm the power of attorney, but but I, I, I am looking to you kids, my my own kids or my, my own brothers or whatever, to help support me in that decision. And so that usually goes pretty well. It can get a little harder sometimes when the power of attorney or whoever's making decisions is not the spouse, it's a child. And children don't always have the same perspective in the same way spouses do. And and that's where I think no one wants to be heavy handed. No one wants to say, well, I've got this piece of paper. I'm going to do whatever I dang well please, you know, because I've got the paper. No one wants that to happen. And it, I don't, that rarely, really, really happens. But it, it, but it does provide a structure for conversation. There's practical things like, okay, you know, we need consent for a surgical procedure, and who do we call? You have there's a very practical matter of that. So you do need a point person, and that point person has been, you know, kind of empowered to do a lot of the practical things and help guide decision. And hopefully, you never run into a situation where, you know, the power of attorney has to kind of say, "Well, I, you know, I'm sorry, you, the sister or the whatever, you know, I disagree, and I've got the power, and I'm sorry." You know, it doesn't come to that often, but it could come to that best that when everybody's on the same page. And, and and it takes time sometimes, Chris, to in the heat of the moment, everybody comes in emotional and on, has their own memories of mom or dad or their whatever, brother, sister, and come preloaded with things. And then it takes time for this to kind of tease out and those emotions to settle and say, okay, yeah, we're, we're on the same page here. And we as a family are going to support you, the power of attorney in this decision. So this is a, even though you're the one, quote, making the decision, we are making that decision together. We'll return to The Final Journey with Dr. Stephen Doran in just a moment. Did you know that Discerning Hearts has a free app where you can find all your favorite Discerning Hearts programming? Father Timothy Gallagher, Dr. Anthony Lillis, Monsignor John Essif, Deacon James Keating, Father Donald Haggerty, Mike Aquilina, Dr. Matthew Bunsen, and so many more. They're all available on the free Discerning Hearts app. Over 3,000 spiritual formation programs and prayers, all available to you with no hidden fees or subscriptions. Discerning Hearts Catholic Podcasts, dedicated to those on the spiritual journey. A Prayer of St. Ignatius of Loyola 
Take, Lord, and receive all my liberty, my memory, my understanding, and my entire will, all that I have and call my own. You have given all to me. To you, Lord, I return it. Everything is yours. Do with it what you will. Give me only your love and your grace. That is enough for me. Amen. An easy way to help discerning hearts is to follow us on Instagram and Facebook and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Our Instagram and Facebook pages are vibrant spaces where you can engage with daily inspirational quotes from the saints, streaming DH broadcast encounters, and updates about our latest offerings. On our YouTube channel, you'll find a treasure trove of video podcasts, interviews, guided meditations and prayers, and reflections from renowned spiritual leaders. These resources are carefully curated to provide guidance, wisdom, and insights that can help you discern life's challenges with a sense of purpose and peace. By subscribing, following, and engaging with Discerning Hearts on these platforms, you're not only enriching your own spiritual journey, but also helping to spread awareness of our mission. Every like, share, and comment helps us reach more people who are seeking meaningful growth and connection. So, please take a moment to follow us on Instagram and Facebook, and make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel as well, and then share with a friend. Join the Discerning Hearts community and embark on a transformative spiritual journey alongside fellow seekers. Your engagement not only benefits you, but also contributes to the growth and impact of Discerning Hearts. We now return to The Final Journey with Dr. Stephen Doran. Now, we've spent a lot of time talking about that in the advanced directive, talking about the durable power of attorney for healthcare, But there's also... Another, it's the living will. As I mentioned earlier, I think that's the one that most people are familiar with, that term. And that one we have to be really careful with, don't we? We do. And quite honestly, the only thing we really need is is a, a power of attorney for healthcare. Many people do have a living will. And that's that kind of people, it's one of these documents that comes pre-populated, almost like you can click what you want. And having almost this menu mentality about, end of life. Well, I will choose this. I won't choose that. And, you know, which, which it's impossible. Living wills, what a living will does is a way for you to articulate what you would be willing to, what sort of treatments you would continue with and other treatments you would forego. You know, in the event of this in my life, I don't want this to happen or in the event. So they're well intended, but they're really problematic because a lot of people have this idea says, well, I never want to be on a ventilator. Okay. All right. And I, my living will says, never put me on a ventilator. Okay. Well, what if something happens that's very curable? You need a short stay on the ventilator to get you over the hump. Well, if you're conscious and you say, well, of course I want that. No, I didn't mean that when I wrote this living will. I, I meant if like I could never survive or do whatever, you know, oh, of course. Yeah. Put me on the ventilator, whatever it takes, you know. So that's where living wills become problematic is how they're interpreted and can sometimes unwittingly lead you down a pathway of decision-making that, quite honestly, is really contrary to your, your well-being and contrary to what the church teaches about how we care for ourselves at the end of life. Okay, so I'm, I go into the hospital then, and they're asking me for an advanced directive. Do I have one? I want to say I do. So are we saying then that the best thing that you could say in that case is having the durable power of attorney or instead of having something that looks like a living will? 
You, you can certainly have both, and many people do. But again, I would argue you really only need a durable power of attorney. But I also recognize that not everybody has someone that they fully trust, that they, you know, they, for whatever reason, are, feel like even if I did choose this person of a power of attorney, I'm not sure with absolute certainty they're going to make the decisions that I would want for myself. So in that sense, having a living will kind of as a backup is it's not a bad thing necessarily. But again, if you have someone where you trust and love and they love you and trust you, then you don't need a living will. But it's it, it's okay to have a living will and just be mindful of what it's meant to be, how it's meant to be used. So yeah, I mean, it, I'm not saying any listeners here, if you have a living will, tear it up, but just maybe look at it and really try to understand, is that what you meant? Is that what you really want? You know, And then have the conversation with your power of attorney say, okay, these are the things that my understanding that I would like to see happen at the end of my life, and this is why. And, I, and so, so you have the conversation with your, your power of attorney. So those two things aren't operating in isolation from each other. They, they, they should be a unified message. My power of attorney knows what I desire, and my living will also reflects that. You know, and so that those are in sync with each other. Now, there is one other one that I think we need to touch upon because. Folks might encounter this, the Physician Orders for Life-Sustaining Treatment, uh, P-O-L-S-T. And now you're a physician, and have you had to use this this Physician Orders for Life-Sustaining Treatment in your own experience? Not yet. And basically, to explain what that is, and we'll call it a pulse. It's just easier to say a pulse. And what it does, what a pulse does, it takes the living will to the next level. Say, for example, in a living will, you say, my desire is that this happens or that doesn't happen. And and then that empowers your power of attorney or other decision makers to enact those desires. A post is actually a written order, medical order in your chart that's placed in advance. And it carries with it the directive that this is a medical order, meaning it has to be followed. That can be really problematic, you know, and all of a sudden you've your incapacity for some reason, and you got a, a order on the chart that says, don't do this or do this. Well, in theory, it's not even an opportunity for a conversation where the poll says this, we've got to follow the order and we're going to do this. I would really, really encourage people to stay away from that because there's just no way, no way you can anticipate all the circumstances that might happen at the end of life. And you may not even be at the end of your life, but people think you might be. And oh my goodness, this really could be just a quagmire where someone ends up going down a rabbit hole that they never intended, their family never intended. And now you're in a situation where you, you have to tell the doctor not to follow the order. And the doctor's saying, well, I have this order. That's what they want. It just um, it just has like a Pandora's box waiting for a disaster. So again, it's good. It's a practical thing to have your hopes and desires laid out ahead of time in union in a community, in at least the community of another who knows who you are, that in the event that when you're hospitalized, you could be going in for a particular treatment. Maybe it's just a simple surgery, and they ask you, do you have this advanced directive? Having that ready, it's a good thing. It's a very important thing, correct? Correct. Well said, yes. Any final thoughts as far as this particular instruction for folks as far as dealing with preparing in this area? Well, maybe I would just kind of emphasize again, reiterate that the hope would be that when you go to the efforts and the steps of developing advanced directives that 
it encourages first you yourself to think about and pray about your life, your death, what happens next. And then that enters into a conversation with someone you love, which then ultimately leads to the legal thing. So hopefully, hopefully it just promises to to really look at really just such big things, big things, you know, life, death, God. I mean, gosh, that's that's the hope. You know, that's what I, if someone reads this, walks away with. Well, I think the problem that we could have in this culture sometimes is that we want to anticipate every possible outcome, and I want to have an answer for everything so I'm not surprised. So I'm going to anticipate this situation and that situation because I want to be able to determine what happens to me. But the problem is you can't possibly anticipate everything and in doing that, you're kind of strapping yourself, aren't you? I mean, you're you're putting yourself into a potential cage that really isn't giving you freedom of choice. This is just part of a human, we're all human, a human tendency to want to control our destiny. It's another example of, and you can think of dozens of different ways in which we express this innate desire to control our own outcome and control our destiny. So advanced directives, living will, all these things are a way to express that. And that ultimate maladaptive expression when it comes to death and dying is is euthanasia, assisted suicide, which we'll talk about later. But that's the ultimate thing where I want to control my outcome. I want to control my life. I won't uh, allow for grace. I won't allow for mystery. I want to control the end. Dr. Doran, thank you so much. Thank you, Chris. You've been listening to The Final Journey, insights from a Catholic deacon and neurosurgeon with Dr. Stephen Doran. To hear and or to download this episode, along with many others, visit discerninghearts.com, or you can find it within the free Discerning Hearts app or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. This has been a production of Discerning Hearts. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. We hope that if this has been helpful for you, that you will first pray for our mission which is to offer authentic and rock-solid spiritual formation freely to souls around the world. And if you feel it's worthy, please consider a charitable donation, which is fully tax-deductible, to help support our efforts. But most of all, we hope that you will tell a friend about DiscerningHearts.com and join us next time for The Final Journey, Insights from a Catholic Deacon and Neurosurgeon with Dr. Stephen Doran.